Hey, everybody. This is our host, the host of Queen Conversations, Daquana Farrell. I'm so excited about the conversation that is going to happen today. I have two phenomenal women with me today. We're talking about public service um, in the particular area of government. And I'm so excited for the guests. I don't want to waste any time on this episode, episode number five. I cannot believe it. We started this podcast in March in honor of Women's Month. And uh, we're just rolling with it and keeping keeping it going. And so I'm having some uh, great conversations, some amazing uh, revelations, illuminations, all of those Asians, y'all. And today I'm sure uh, we are going to be inspired, empowered, and informed by the guests that we have today. I want to waste no time in introducing them. Our first guest is Mary McDonald, mayor of the city of Trotwood. Um, she's serving in her second term. She has been a member of the Trotwood City Council since 2005. She is the owner of True Style Hair Salon and has been in the field of beauty for over 40 years, working for such cosmetics companies as Fashion Fair, Revlon, and Flory Roberts, to name a few. As mayor, Mary McDonald is passionate about Trotwood and has ignited the city with new energy. Her tireless work has seen several million dollars in new capital investments through the city. Um, over the past four years, Mary has worked to repurpose former retail space and address the city's infrastructure challenges that have not been addressed for well over 45 years. She has been successful in seeing new businesses fill former retail spaces and living wage jobs. Mary's leadership averted a possible city bankruptcy, moved the city from negative Moody bond rating to a current AAA rating. Her vision has positioned the city of Trotwood into a regional player in home ownership. The city is currently building market rate homes for the first time in 17 years. Her commitment to financial stability and has brought several uh, major corporations into the area, such as Strata Cash, a $1 billion international corporation, specialty manufacturing, correct plumbing, heating and air, storage of America, DeVita Kidney Care, Epic Tubing, and many more. One of Mary's initiatives that she personally championed was the renovation and reopening of Trotwood Community and Cultural Arts Center in Sycamore Woods community. This led to an amazing partnership with Central State University joining as a tenant and stakeholder. This partnership is the first college that has physically been located in the city to serve our citizens as well as those throughout the region with a special focus on agriculture. Though uh, through her efforts, Trotwood has experienced partnerships with the state and federal with state and federal leaders that now give voice to our citizens and provide positive benefits to our residents that will serve Trotwood community for years 
to come. Mary serves as board member of Goodwill's Easter Seals, the Mayor's Association of Ohio, U.S. Conference of Mayors, Miami Valley Regional Planning Commission, Treasurer of State Ohio Regional Advisory Board member, WDPR board member, Trotwood Community Improvement Corporation, Trotwood Disaster Relief Fund Board, Cheryl A. Young Scholarship, and others. She is a proud recipient of National Con Conference for Community and Justice of Greater Dayton, Gospel Superfest Community Service Award, uh, Trip Better Business Bureau WIBN top women twenty I'm sorry top twenty five women to watch and others. Mary is the proud mother of two children, Alexandra Kate and Shamil Rivers, and Daniel Allen uh, Caldwell. She is the proud grandmother and Gigi to the dynamic Sydney London and Zara Rivers. Let us welcome Mary McDonald. <laughs> that was a lot. Thank you. Thank you a, lot, so much. a lot, and I did not want to shortchange you. Welcome to the show. We're so glad to have you today. And mm -hmm. our next guest is none other than Corinda L. Washington. She's the founder and principal consultant of Dashworthy LLC. Dashworthy is a management consulting firm focused on social impact, private and public partnerships, uh, corporate social responsibility and philanthropy. Dashworthy was conceptual, conceptualized while Corinda stood in her kitchen praying for Vanessa Bryant after hearing of the initial news of the helicopter crash that claimed the lives of Gianna and Kobe Bryant and many others. The dates, 1978 and 2020 stood out as well as the dash between them. Corinda was born in 1978 and she is focused on the dash. She is reminded that uh, it is the aggregate of everyone's life work. Corinda resolved to make the dash count while also helping others uh, and corporations to do the same. Corinda is no stranger to serving, uh, I'm sorry, to living a purpose-driven life. She considers herself a nonprofit brat after witnessing her mom successfully run a nonprofit organization in Detroit, Michigan over 30 years. Her first job after college was with Michigan Legal Services. Corinda served 10 years and held multiple positions with uh, Michigan Legal Services. The organization provides free legal assistance to deserving families facing mortgage and property tax foreclosure. During her tenure, she provided public relations guidance to the Property Tax Foreclosure Prevention Project, meeting with local public officials and attracting financial support to keep over 10,000 families in their homes. During that time, she also served and led Bots Entertainment, which partnered with Hockey Town Cafe to host a community give back series called Battle of the Sexes, Men versus Women in Singing, Rapping, and Poetry. After a very successful run on Yahoo Chat, due to the overwhelming success of Battle, Bots created a spinoff called Hip Hop Mile, which was held on Belle Isle, a historic island between Detroit and Renzer, Ontario. The Hip Hop Mile was a free annual community event that showcased singers, rappers, poets, graffiti artists, and break dancers. Working a full-time job and running bots still left a void and a yearning to do more. After completing graduate school and two unsuccessful bids for Detroit City Council, uh, Corinda began to knock on the uh, Detroit philanthropic community's door in search of her next career move. Those doors never opened. Thanks to her graduate school professor 10 years ago, Corinda's search led her to a position at the U.S. Department of Homeland Security in Washington, D.C. 
That was after completing a failed job interview with her alma mater, Wayne State University. She vowed to be prepared for the next interview. She stays ready. Corinda now serves as acting assistant secretary for the Office of Partnerships and Engagement within the Office of the Secretary of Department of Homeland Security. Corinda is a graduate of Eastern Michigan University. Go Eagles where she obtained her bachelor's degree in English, written communication and Wayne State University where she received her master's degree in communications. Um, she is also alumna of the Harvard Kennedy Senior um, School of Senior Executive Fellow Fellowship Program. In her spare time, she is a volunteer enthusiast, uh, currently serving as communication strategist for Restore Northeast Detroit, a grassroots organization dedicated to rebuilding Detroit's northeast side, where she was raised executive board member for Emmanuel Community House Incorporated, a community development, uh, development corporation, and founding advisory board member of the Hustlers Guild, a private, I'm sorry, a nonprofit organization providing science, technology, engineering, the arts and math education to underrepresented youth and young adults. After 11 years, she continues to co-chair her alma mater's annual Martin Luther King Jr. Senior High School Annual Legacy Awards in uh, March in Detroit, Michigan. Let us welcome Corinda to Queen Conversations. Hey, Corinda, so glad to have you today. Thank you so much. I'm like the mayor. That was a lot. <laughs> it was beautiful. I do not want to shortchange y'all. So glad to have you both on the podcast and the show today. It is such an honor. So I start the podcast the same every time. Introductions and then this or that. Y'all don't know the this or that, so this is going to be interesting. Okay. So this is the this or that. Phone call or text. Which do you prefer? Let's start with Corinda. Phone call. Okay. Mayor? Text. 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 <laughs> I love it. Call, don't call me. Text me. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I'm the same way. I'd rather not. Um, jogging or hiking? Hiking. 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 Love it. Uh, sneakers or heels? Hmm. <laughs> Wedge sneakers. Wed oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Heels, heels, but I'm coming down. <laughs> I'm coming down. <laughs> right, right. Train or plane, Corinda? It depends on how much time I have. Right, okay. Because I get the rest and, and it puts me at peace. But if I got to get there, get me on that next flight. I got to go. <laughs> I've never been on a train, so I'm going to have to say flying. Really? You've got to take yeah, a good train I know, I know. I've said it, but I've never it, it. We went cross country on a train from Michigan to LA for a family reunion. It was the best. Wow. It was amazing. Yeah, I want to do it. I want to do it. Okay. Card game or board game? Mm, board game. Yeah. Uh, I'm pick Pikino. <laughs> Card game. <laughs> I am not a card game girl. Like I do not know how to sp play spades. I'm sure they they're gonna get, they're gonna give me in the comments because I don't know how to play spades. But yeah, <laughs> board game. Give me trouble or something. Uh, and finally, everybody wants to know this: Apple or Android? Android, and I have both. Okay, you have both. Okay, Still Apple. Android. 
Team Apple, Team yeah. Apple over here. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for indulging me in that, ladies. Um, you guys have both have done so many things, great things, and are still doing great things in the community. Um, and I wanted to talk to you about um, your initial engagement and what caused you to go into public service. Um, and I'll and I'll start with Corinda. What? Why public service? Why government? Why? Why? What made you go there? I have to look back to my mom. She's a huge influence. Um, she, uh, by her academic training, is a dietitian. Um, but it was in elementary school that she felt that God was calling her to do more. And she initially became a um, an employee of Emmanuel Community House, which she now runs uh, 30 plus years later. Yeah. And it was during that time in elementary school that I saw my, my, my mom give her life to service. And I had to share her with all these kids in this, in this community that wasn't even our community. I'm like, how are you going to distance for these kids? We don't know. How does that work? Um, and then see my dad get behind her and support her in that because nonprofit work doesn't pay that well. And so to see, you know, exactly. him, that example to to keep the lights on and pay the mortgage and do all those things so that she could do what she believed God was calling her to do is no it's no surprise that I ended up following following in her footsteps. That's amazing. And for you, Mayor McDonald. Well. I actually, I, I volunteered in the community. I saw a lot of things that needed to be done in the community. And I was sitting in church one Sunday and our pastor preached a message that, that in essence was talking about the fields being white. And he mm. said, everybody was wanting to work in the church building. He says, but the work is out there. The field right. is out there. Mm -hmm. And so I became friends with my councilman who was in the area. He was an older gentleman and he was always saying, you know what, one day I'm going to go home and we need some younger people to get involved and come on in here and, and help with this leadership. So he kept saying it over and over again. He said, you really should. You've got a passion for doing these things. And I thought about it and talked to some folks and, and got support. And I actually went down, picked up a petition to run. He said mm -hmm. he was ready to go home and, you know, I'm ready for this leadership. And then he ran against me. <laughs> wow. He wasn't, he wasn't really ready to go home. But, but, you know, but that was the very beginning. But I, I just knew that there were things that needed to be done in my community. And I didn't feel that the community was really focused on politics. And that really impacts a lot of our lives. I'm a self-employed person. And I didn't think that there were people around that were really listening to what happens to the small business person. And the people that are out here actually um, boots on the ground. Mm -hmm. Right. Wow. So just seeing the need, seeing the need and meeting the need. And then uh, Corinda, for you, that family connection and seeing your mom be that superhero for uh, people that needed it. Um, I want to talk about your journey, um, uh, your educational and your journey and relational uh, journey. Uh, very interesting, Mary McDonald, that you said the very person that encouraged me was the person that read against me. That was exactly. hilarious. Uh, but Corinda, talk about your path. Um, I I love when I read your introduction. What I really love, I've never I've never really read a bio like yours um, because you <laughs> don't only talk. I love it. No, 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 no. Not that it's all over the place. I love that you don't only highlight your successes, but you highlight 
those bumps in the roads, those barriers that you ran into. Because oftentimes when people look at people that are successful, they assume that the road was really easy and you graduated, it was right there. But I do love that you said, hey, I had a failed interview, right? I had uh, a couple of uh, runs for city council and it, it didn't work out, right? But those are the things that really catapulted you in the direction that you are in now. So can you talk about a little bit of that journey and what that was like and, and those feelings that accompanied, you know, really wanting to be in that seat to operate in that vein to make change for Detroit, but it didn't necessarily go the way that you wanted it to go? Absolutely. I, I talk a lot about closed doors. Because I think people spend too, way too much time on open doors. And I'm just praying for God to open the door. And I'm always saying the same God that opened that door is the same God could, that could keep a door closed. Right. And so when I think about the closed doors in my life, they were the bumper cars of my life. They mm. were recalibrating me, getting me back into the lane that I was supposed to be in. Oftentimes thinking that, oh, I know what lane I'm supposed to be in. I thought, I truly thought that I was supposed to work for Wayne State University in the vice president's office for community relations because my passion in my heart was community mm -hmm. relations. But I bombed that interview so mm -hmm. bad. Like in the first 10 minutes, I knew like I should just, maybe I should just go. Cause I just know that this, this is not going well at all. Why? Wow. I studied to show myself approved. Yeah, that's it. I didn't take copies of my resume. All the things that they tell you to do, I did not do because Corinda in her head, I got this. I've been doing community relations my whole life. Right. So I'm going to get this job. Did not get the job. But wow. what did it do? It forced me to go back in a lab, get myself together, train and prepare. When the next opportunity came, I said, I will be determined. I will be ready. Who mm. knew that the next opportunity would be at the U.S. Department of Homeland Security headquarters in Washington, D.C. Mm -hmm. I never imagined I would get that call. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask you, said it. I was going to ask Corinda, did you ever think about going to Washington? It was my grad school professor, Dr. Okay. Donna Paget. It's her fault that I'm here because it's her fault. <laughs> semester of grad school and she says dream big go big or go home i want you specifically corinda to go and look for a job in washington dc that's where you're supposed to be i said i'm not leaving detroit there is no reason for me to leave detroit and frankly where do i even go look for a federal job i didn't even know that usajobs.gov existed so <laughs> she the website, I go on there and I see this job and it says external affairs specialist in the private sector office, DHS headquarters. I'm reading the, the assignment description and I'm bubbling up on the inside because everything about this assignment description is everything that I even dreamed that I would do and I would do it for free. Wow. Then I look at the salary and it's three times what I make, what it was making at the time. Wow. So let me get this some, some straight here. Is what I exactly what I want to do, and it's three times what I'm making right now. There's no way that somebody's going to pay me this amount of money, so I'm not applying for the job, and I did it. Wow! It was the night that the position was closing. Positions closed at 11:59 on the date of the closing announcement. Vacancy what announcement. What time did you commit, Corinda? I need to know. I got up out my bed. I know it was the Holy Spirit. Got me up out my bed at 10 p.m. Positions closing at 11:59. Wow. I applied for the position a few months later, get the call in DC, borrow money from my parents because I couldn't afford a plane ticket. Right. I didn't have the money for the plane ticket. 
borrowed the money from my parents, flew here, cousin picked me up from the airport, drove me to the interview, waited for me outside. Wow. And I got the job. Destiny. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's divine intervention. <laughs> you hear what I'm saying? <laughs> love it. Both of you, both of you are women of faith, and I absolutely love that as well. Uh, Mayor McDonald, tell me about your road to, you kind of told us about it a little bit, but uh, did you imagine coming from a totally different industry and space that you would be in public service? And tell I, me what that looked like for you, even hopping into the council um, position um, that you you held for quite, quite some time. And then this next step, because every step that we take really requires a degree of faith that yes. we have not tapped into before. So tell me about that, if you will. Well, Vocational education was really the way for me. I started off in high school and I went into cosmetology. It was a big thing back then. And I kind of thought this is what I'm going to fall back on. So I, I felt like that was going to be my second choice. So I took some courses at Central State and I was like, you know what? But I really love the beauty industry. I love the hair. I love competing in competitions and I loved uh, cosmetics. So I started down that road. Um, ultimately to move on into opening up my own salon and, and getting involved with people that way and just having a really great time serving people. And in the process, because I've always been relational, I just love talking to people and bringing people together. And I thought that is something that, you know, would, would be something I'd use at some point or another. And then once I ran for office for city council, um, I grew in that particular area, but I had an interesting road to becoming mayor. Um, I ran for mayor the first time, first time. So I had one of those two. <laughs> and what happened was there was a young man who was like 25 years old. I was running against a person who was the incumbent, had been there for a minute. And uh, he was 25 years old. And I thought, oh, this is so great. I'll be able to just kind of carry him along because he's 25. You know, he's, he's going to be great. He needs to know and be able to have somebody that he can depend on helping him along the way. Well, when you start carrying along people when you're running for office, you better be careful because mm. I lost that election by 318 votes and that young man got 425 votes. Therefore, the incumbent stayed in place. And I, I said, if I just had those 318 votes, I could have prevailed or 319. I could have prevailed. So I learned something about that. And I jokingly tell people, I said, now, when an election comes, I'm not going to be playing because if a little baby comes up to me and says, baby, I'm going to run against you. I'm going to beat that baby because I'm not going to play with that. <laughs> but it was a great experience because it was an opportunity to carry someone. But I learned so much in that that four years. And then mm -hmm. when I came back, there was a whole different um, experience that I had gained as mm -hmm. a result of not prevailing because I had prevailed as city council and remained in there for a couple, three terms. But then when I had that experience after the, the loss, I learned a lot in that particular time and it was something that was extremely helpful for me today. And it really helps me to be solid in what it is that I do today. Awesome. Wow. So just like, just like Corinda, you had those bumper car <laughs> moments. Oh that yeah. Catapulted oh, yeah. Into. And there's so many, there's so many lessons tied into those disappointments, right? It's disappointing to us at first, but I feel like there's so much learned and gained from it. And quite frankly, I, I, I have also had those bumps in the road. And I feel like those are moments where really God has like humbled me. Like, hey, walk in humility. Like you, Corinda, like, oh, I walked in here, like, I got it, I got it. I've been doing this for a long time. But then you realize, like, hey, 
hey, I, I got to be prepared, right? So I want to talk about um, some of the joys of public service. I want to talk about each of you. Uh, Mayor McDonald, I experienced you in um, a light where um, we experience uh, devastating tornadoes here in our area, in the Dayton area. Um, and one of the major areas that was strongly impacted was your city. Um, and, and no one can predict that type of, that type of, uh, that type of situation. And then, and then compound that with a pandemic that nobody also could not predict. And so leading in this period of time has to come with its challenges. Um, I want to talk about the challenges, but I also want to highlight some of the joys of, uh, what you do. Um, so would you, would you highlight some of the things that have been, uh, joys for you in public service uh, since you've been serving? Sure. One of the greatest joys is having built relationships before I needed them. Um, you know, very often people, when, when their situations arise, you're running around trying to find who can help you solve your problem. But I recognize mm -hmm. what needed to happen in the city of Trotwood because prior to the election, our city council and mayor were not necessarily... Um, people that were involved with people at the state level or the federal level. They simply just serve, you know, we're a little suburban community, 24,500 people. But I recognized I needed help in this city. So I started out that way. And when the tornado came, it was so easy for people to come on board and to jump in and help us because we actually had 14 F4 tornadoes hit our city. We were the hardest hit city in Montgomery mm. County. Mm -hmm. And then once the tornado happened, within seven days, we had had over 3,000 volunteers come into the city of Trotwood to help. These were people that had lived there in the past, groups and organizations from other people, from other places, and, and primarily because they had some kind of a tie to the city of Trotwood. And as you know, our history was we were the first mall in Montgomery County about 57 years ago. And over the years, you know, the malls had gone out to Dayton Mall and Fairfield and everything else. So things tended to change, but the people who lived in Trotwood, the community changed from a primarily Jewish community. They eventually moved on, and then it became primarily what it is now, African-American community. And we had lost our identity and did not necessarily feel as good about our, ourselves as we should have. So I knew that was a, a number one first work. But so much happened as a result of having built relationships with people who... Mm really started to see Trotwood in a different light. Because when you don't know who you are as a people, you know, you, you will accept what other people put on you. And there was a lot of shame because, oh, why aren't you, the mall's not here anymore. And why is, well, now when we look around, we see what's happening because this didn't just start happening. 25 or 30 years ago, malls were changing and things were going away to ultimately have us to where we are here today. And as a result of, of that, we were able to kind of jump on board and, and do the things necessary to get our community up and on its feet. And uh, it could not have been done without the relationships we built across waters. And, and that was one of the things that, you know, were some of the major challenges for me because everyone thought, oh, she's a, she's a R, she's a this and she's a that. No, what I knew is it is not your business what I am. Now, I will tell you, I'm a registered Democrat, but I needed to lead my community as if you, it is not your business about what it is because every four years that changes and a leader has to be able to work with whomever the leadership is and mm -hmm. whomever is in place. And we're nonpartisan by charter. So I should never 
lead talking about party. I should lead talking about how I serve all of the people who are made up of Democrat, Republicans, Tea Party, and everything else. And those are the things that, that were done uh, and in, in place where we built those relationships with the governor and the respect was already in place because they had not necessarily had leadership like that in the past, willing to work with our community. And that closed doors for us. If we're not willing to work with those folks that can say yes to us and that can grant us dollars, we can't get the things that we need. And it took that kind of leadership and it's taken a lot of hits, I'm sure you know. Um, for me, uh, personally, with people's mm -hmm. feeling about you know me doing right. that, but that's what leaders have to do. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and and I and I I, I wholeheartedly um, understand that, um, especially in crisis. And, and and when I say crisis, I don't mean a specific occurrence. But when you talk about crisis, we talk about. Um, a, a city at the verge of bankruptcy or uh, a city that is as lost. That's crisis, right? When it comes to crisis, um, it is really less about uh, affiliation and it is more about um, being able to come together, collaborate and get what you need for the people that you serve. So I, I greatly appreciate that approach. Corinda, challenges and joys of public service. Um, clearly one of the challenges is you had to leave your hometown Detroit, which you love dearly and still very much uh, are an advocate of, but uh, talk about some of the challenges and joys of serving. Um, um, you served uh, now crossing over administration. So tell me about that experience and what that's like for that's been like for you. Yes, it, it's been one of the biggest joys of my life, um, challenges and a joy just in that. I started under the, under the Obama administration then worked under the Trump administration, and now I'm under the Biden-Harris administration. And as a career federal employee, um, one of the things that even was born out of my day job uh, was the attorneys at work saying, listen, you out here doing a lot of speaking engagements. And a lot of this content has nothing to do with Homeland Security. Your title is associated with Homeland Security, but you're giving away your intellectual property for free. Because once they introduce you, that's all Corinda. So what I would recommend you do is to consider starting your own company. That's even how the seed of Dashworthy was even planted wow. last January was an attorney pulling me to the side like, let's have a little conversation. <laughs> and not even, you know, realizing that. And what it was was because when I transitioned from the Obama administration to the Trump administration, it was five months before we got our first Trump appointee supervisor. And wow. so in that five month period, I was then acting chief of staff at the time of our division. And mm -hmm. in that five month period, I'm getting calls, texts, tweets, posting the, and the people sliding in a DM. Yeah. How is this gonna work being a black woman in leadership working under the Trump administration? Oh, wow, okay. What, what are you gonna do? And I said, I'm sorry, last I checked, President Trump does not impact what's going on in my immediate space. Right. He, he does not impact what's going on in my direct deposit. So <laughs> therefore- What's the direct deposit for me, Corinda? <laughs> it's not changing. So why would I give one individual that much authority in my life. I love it. And I'm now, and I had coworkers do it straight up quick on January 21st. I'm out of here. 
Wow. You must have it like that. But I don't. Right. And recognizing whose I am and whose assignment I'm on. Mm -hmm. I wasn't sent to Homeland Security out of nowhere. All these people, thousands of people applying for jobs and they can't get in. Yeah, I know no one and I get the job 10 years yeah. ago. And I'm still here. And then in May, the gentleman shows up and he says, I don't know you. You don't know me. But we're going to have to treat this like a speed dating uh, situation and trust each other immediately uh -huh. because you have what I need. And what was that? I had all the organizational history that he needed in order for him to be successful. Right. Lo and behold, that was four years of an administration. In those four years, I received more promotions, mm. more income. And soon in about three weeks, a bigger announcement of the last promotion that I will receive is the highest you can go in the federal government. Wow. Because of an administration that people told me to leave. See? So when we get to a point of, of our challenges and our successes, I have to know that it might be wrapped and packaged in something that don't look like me, right. don't speak like me, don't right. have the kind of favor I have. They don't even know why they do what they do. Right. But I know, I know. So it's that part. And then it's being in position and having a seat at the table and being in the room. Right. That has allowed me to open doors for so many young people that look like me and those that don't. That my, my, my young folks on my team that, you know, call me and say, hey, that was amazing what you were able to accomplish. Did you tell your parents? What did your parents say? Because they hear me talking about my mom and dad so much that they feel like they're their parents too. They know that, right? <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> what did your mom and dad say? Um, so I think that, that the biggest reward now for me is really being in a position that I know that it, it is an assignment and I'm not here for Corinda. Right. God, I, honestly, I believe that wholeheartedly in my heart that he sent me here to be in spaces, to be in rooms where I'm usually the only one. Mm -hmm. That security is white and male. Mm -hmm. I'm usually the only one, period. And then if I am in the room to be to be able to have secretary after secretary, administration after administration say, Corinda, what do you think? What do you recommend? How should we proceed on this? Mm -hmm. That's favor. So I'm that thankful favorite. for that. Corinda, that is amazing. That journey. Um, and I and I literally uh, was going to go into um, both of you being uh, women and being black women. Um, how important is it the role that you serve in at, to to represent and be um, a a I guess I guess the so in some ways the first um, in in some areas and some aspects and how you represent for those that are coming behind you. Um, what, what value does our voice bring to the table when we are in the minority or we, we are not uh, the majority in the room? Mayor, you can start first. Okay, it, it's extremely important. Just in, in the, both these conversations, we talk about being the only person in the room that looks like us. And very often I'm the only person in the room that looks like me because of the administration over the state of Ohio. And because I chose to 
leave out of my community and build those relationships that are beyond the city and, and, and even Montgomery County. Um, it's so important to carry yourself in a way that people respect you, that they see you as a human being. You know, very often you see me on Facebook and I've got my grandbabies and all kinds of things going on because I want people to see what we've got in common. We're the same as you, right. your right. kids, my kids, your mom, my mom, that kind of thing. And, and then relationships. I never want to get away from the people that I serve. And very often when people get certain jobs and get a certain level, they no longer um, interact with the mm. people who they represent. Wow. And then you don't see them until every four years when it's election time and that kind of stuff. I've never wanted to be that person. I still make sure that I go to the grocery store in my neighborhood when I can get there. I, I make sure that I uh, continue to interact and visit various churches that are maybe even churches that are not even my faith, but those are people that I represent. And I want them to know that I represent each and every one of you that are here. Mm -hmm. So it is extremely important that we walk uh, in who we are and the pride of being a, a black woman, especially during these times. And I think that black women bring that very, very special gift mm. of understanding to any situation that they get in simply because we've had to do whatever was necessary to provide for ourselves, provide for our families and to be able to um, move our, our young people along, our kids along, our, our sons, our men, all of them, move them along. And it has been at the hands of wise women and mm -hmm. wise black women that I found that has um, kept our community growing strong and being all that it is today. Absolutely. We are the glue, honey, and the backbone and the everything else. Corinda, they may not say it, but we know it. <laughs> it, is, it is there. Corinda. <laughs> yeah, facts. Thanks. Corinda, for you, that, wow. that it, it, it's representation matters. I use that hashtag a lot. Um, and it, it is that unspoken word and that unspoken presence. Um, when I, you know, a lot of our meetings right now are virtual. I'm on campus a few times a week, but for the most part, working from home. And, and when I see, you know, our secretary come up on the screen as the first immigrant, you know, American to, to run the Department of Homeland Security, which is a huge deal. Um, but when he's intentional about ensuring that we have representation in every meeting, when he says, what are, what's our DEI posture? What are we doing on diversity, equity, and inclusion? How are we celebrating individuals of color? Wow. It's one thing that I have to bring it up because I'm the only one in the room. Mm -hmm. But when my allies bring it up, now we're talking. Now we're talking. We in the, we in, we in the story, you know, I was share, was doing an interview panel. We were hiring a lot of supervisors. And so they put this panel together and I was one um, African-American on the panel. And there were two white gentlemen and uh, a white woman and myself. And so that was the, the review to resumes. And then when we got to the actual interviews on camera, it was just the three of us, two white men and myself. Well, before we got started, my white colleague, white male said, Corinda, on the diversity question, just wanna let you know, I'm asking that question. See, that question hits different when a white man asked, what have mm -hmm. you done? to advance diversity and inclusion in your respective role and, and, for, and then how do you envision doing it in this new role? That's amazing. That's a, it's different when a white man asks it versus when Corinda asks it as a black woman. Mm -hmm. It and does. Those moments when my colleagues have just done that. I didn't have to ask for it. I didn't have to, to, to raise it, to say that it was an issue. 
Mm-hmm. But I know that you're watching because this is how I'm presenting my whole self at every meeting. Yes, I'm ensuring that I'm not just representing the black community, but I represent all U.S. citizens and those who are hoping to become one one day. So if I'm doing that, then there's just a certain posture and swag that I have to bring to this table because I am representing. I know when I walk in this room, you see a black woman first before I even open my mouth. Mm-hmm. And I'm representing exactly. all black folks before I even open my mouth. So when I show up, I have to bring it all because I'm representing so much at this table. But mm-hmm. then when you away changed and you a believer because you, you've, you've had an interaction, you've had an experience. Now I can sleep at night saying, I got colleagues out here that are going a distance on my behalf and on mm-hmm. behalf of individuals that look like me. That's what is, has been the best thing I would have to say lately, even through the, the Trump administration era. When the media was telling me one thing, but I'm seeing Trump appointees do something totally different. We just announced a police wow. uh, enforcement use of force simulation experiment. The results will be done in, in June as a result of Mr. Floyd's death. We started mm. that back under the Trump administration. Mm. Right under okay. the radar. Don't put a press release out about it. Now here Wait. we are. We can talk about it. But I have to give credit where credit was due. When was this study done? When was the $1 million committed to study use of force training and how we need to make change in this country? It was done under unlikely leadership because there were some individuals who didn't have the, the authority to speak up. And then I was in turn able to protect them by moving in the shadows until it was time to make it public. Those are the types of things that we have to do in in, in navigating in this space of race and diversity, equity, and inclusion. Sometimes we gotta let raise the sign and we gotta have a fist up and we gotta be out in the street. And sometimes we gotta move in the shadows in order to get it done. So I'm just thankful to be able to, to, that God has given me that ability to code switch and to be able to navigate those spaces in, in a very responsible way, because it, it it costs you something. Corinda, right. mm. that is so major. One thing, one thing uh, that I that I definitely appreciate about you is your ability to inspire others to utilize their privilege to speak up on the behalf of uh, Black, Indigenous, and people of color. Like that is so major, especially in the space that you were occupying. Like you said, under unlikely leadership that speaks to the gifting that is on the inside of you and 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 the power that's on the inside of you um which i know you direct toward god which is god given um that influence is so 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 major i want to talk to you both about um how uh the pandemic specifically has impacted the work you do i heard you corinda say i'm working from home here and there um and both of you are very very much people uh, persons, you love to interact with people. How has the COVID pandemic um, challenged uh, you you all in the role that you do to serve? Mary, you want to go first? Okay. Yes. I'm at home most of the time as well. Uh, it has been challenging, but things are starting to open up now. And it looks like, you know, everything's coming in like gangbusters. I wish it would just slow down a little bit because going from where we were to where we are now, it has been extremely challenging. 
Can I go back a little bit about what you Absolutely. just shared, uh, Brenda? The comments that you talked about being able to go in those rooms. I believe when you are gifted and you are doing the work that God caused you to do, he allows you to bring that gift to these individuals and they don't even know why they say yes to you. Mm. You know, when, when I when I first um, became mayor, my city was about to go bankrupt. We only had four hundred and seventy five thousand dollars in unencumbered reserves. Wow. We were at bankruptcy. Now we're some million dollars and a triple A Moody bond rating when we had a negative booty bond rating. And and it, what had happened was the need to to engage people, but also to set a standard for our community and not accept mm -hmm. that we have to be something less because of what other people said about us, because our leadership looked like us. I have an African-American city manager, deputy city manager, uh, pretty much everyone on council other than one individual on council are African-Americans. And we determined that we wanted to have a high level of excellence in what it is that we do. And we didn't care what other people thought about us, said about us, what we used to be. We just got busy, put our heads down and got busy working. Mm -hmm, we weren't right. trying to get awards. We weren't trying to get any of the kind of stuff that people have thought was what you know you do to, to get on the map. We were just trying to take care of people. And we said very often, take care of these people like they were our own parents and make a difference. Mm -hmm. And we've been able to do that at a level of excellence that has really moved our community forward in, in ways that we knew it was nothing but God because it was just like the windows of heaven opened up. But I say that to say what you shared earlier, black woman walking in the room, knowing who you are, regardless to what other people have said or thought or whatever, when they meet that, they can't deny it. Right. I'm in uh, I'm, I'm currently enrolled in Leadership Ohio, which is is a wonderful uh, leadership group. And a gentleman said in there the other day, my having a seat at the table does not take your chair away. Come on. Mm. That's great. And, you know, and I say when people really think about what that means is that you don't have to be intimidated by me, because even when I come in, as you said, I come in black. So you see that. But I'm not coming in. No, you know, I'm black and I expect something. Right. I don't. I, here's what I expect. I give honor where honor is due and I expect honor from you. Mm -hmm. And then we operate on that. We move past some of those things that people mm -hmm. at one point believed we had to do to get things done. And I absolutely would not change my my walk right now for my community simply because I know the leadership is where it needs to be. Uh, recently had an election where I prevailed by six votes. Wow. Six and I was in the recount because yeah. I lost it. on election night. I lost election night. I lost by two votes. And, and I was and, and the person that uh, challenged me was someone that was already on my city council. So you can imagine, you know, what that could look like. So, but Mayor, when is this book coming out? <laughs> it should. <laughs> I tell you, every day I'm writing this chapter every day. <laughs> no, I mean, when I sit down and I think about it, and that's why I appreciate being on here, because sometimes you don't think about the things that you've been through, because all you do it is you're out here swimming, 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 and coming back up again. I mean, because that's what the work has been like, and especially during this time with the pandemic. Wow. Thank wow. you. And, and thank you for allowing me to share that, because there was so much that you said there that just touched my heart, because you do, you feel like you're the only one. And sometimes you have to, Sometimes when you're fighting for the people that you're fighting for, they trying to kill you too. They don't know. Ah. 
you're, you're very own people. So yeah, you know, you're, still here, lady. you're still here. You're still here to tell the story. Yes. yes. <laughs> you know, the we're a 365, 24-7 operation at Homeland Security. And so we never closed during the pandemic. And I remember, you know, back in March, April, I don't think I went to full-time telework from home until around the April timeframe. And then my home became an emergency operations center because we had corporations calling and saying, I can't get our toilet paper deployed because the company that we need to put the toilet paper on the pallets, the pallet manufacturer is shut down because they're not essential. So wow. we need your business to make those workers essential so we can get the toilet paper to the people. That's why mm -hmm. you toilet paper held up. <laughs> um, you know, we got manufacturing companies that are willing to retool in order to make ventilators and in order to make uh, PPE. And so we were facilitating all of that in, in the immediate after what math of the uh, start of the pandemic. Um, and then you're leading a group that you know is leaving in a few months. So half my staff are political mm. appointees. So I'm preparing for their transition because on January 19, 2021, they no longer work for me at 12 noon, I should say, on, on uh, January 20th. They no longer work for me. So I'm transitioning for them to depart. Mm -hmm. I've got employees that will be coming in. So I've got the Biden-Harris team asking me 1,001 questions in regards to their start date on the 20th. Then in the midst of all of that, I've got employees who are contracting COVID. Wow. So I have to put myself in a position and then speaking engagements are coming in like wildfire. This was the craziest dynamic where people pivoted. So now they want you to come on their virtuals. And I'm thinking, I'm trying to get you some toilet paper. <laughs> you want me to come on and talk about how I could be an inspiration to your team. I'm trying to inspire my own team at this point. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, there, there I was in this, in this dynamic and having to keep it all straight um, and then starting a business in that process. And what does mm -hmm. that look like? Uh, so it, it was a, a maximum maximum is a term we use in the emergency management world, just like everything just started coming in, but there was just a piece about it. And I think that the biggest, my biggest um, joy is that we did not lose an employee in my immediate office. I did not lose an employee to COVID-19. Um, but as I, I look at, you know, we, we do fallen officer letters. We do fallen firefighter letters um, for the secretary to sign and they come across my desk. And as I'm reading these letters and I'm seeing more and more law enforcement officers dying of COVID-19, more and more yeah. firefighters dying because they contracted COVID-19, corrections officers dying because they have con contracted COVID-19. It just helps you put a whole lot in perspective in regard yeah. to how what, what service now means. So a lot mm. of people retire during this last year because mm. they're recognizing like, you know what? My family is most important. This 16-hour grind, not it. Done. Mm -hmm. Right? So, you know, just watching people shift and I feel like the pandemic kind of forced us to do that. But as an organization, we had to keep the lights on, uh, keep going in. And then, you know, finally now starting to reopen with as folks get vaccinated, uh, starting to envision what does return to work look like? Wow. Mayor, what are what are you working on right now? What's what's on your what's on your what's at the forefront of your agenda? What are you working on? What keeps you up at night? Well, what's keeping me up? 
this night is the excitement about a new investor in our community that's just signed on for a $69 million investment. Wow. And that will completely, yes, that will completely fill out our industrial park. And we're extremely excited about that. We've got a couple other great things uh, happening down the pipe, but that right there is something that just came as a result of just a couple days ago. And uh, it's, during, it's that quiet work that was going on while the pandemic was going on, back and forth with letters and the, you know, all that kind of thing. So uh, that that's really exciting for our community because, again, we're trying to build stability and the ability for our community to outlast us. And we can see those things happening now as a result of the work that we've been able and blessed to do because the pandemic definitely was devastating. The tornado was devastating, but there have been such great blessings that have come out of it. Uh, a lot of it is there's an abundance of money that we didn't see in the past. Right. And because the federal government has opened up the door for a lot of uh, investment opportunities for our community, it's been extremely helpful. And a lot of things that were waived and, you know, probably just downtime in the office mm -hmm. to be able to do some of the, the work that we needed to give attention to um, moved our community further. And I think if we were still operating the way that we were in the past, we would not have realize some of the, the development that has happened in this community recently. I'm so glad to hear about that. That is fantastic. And I'll be watching. million, yes. That is awesome. <laughs> yes, yes. Queen, which we just talked about that. <laughs> <laughs> Corinda, tell me about Dashworthy. Oh my goodness. So we are a consultant firm um, really looking at the intersection of all of the uh, funding that is out here um, from a corporate perspective. Um, one of the things that I get asked about a lot is, you know, how do I make impact at the grassroots level? And I'm just thankful that I had exposure at the grassroots level with my mom's nonprofit. And she's just such a such a humble soul. She never really talks about, you know, the five blocks of, of new housing development that she was able to build in the city of Detroit for first time home buyers. She doesn't mm -hmm. talk about the fact that only one of those home buyers lost their home during the mortgage crisis. And all of them are still in their home almost 20 years later. Uh, the, the other homeowners still own their homes. Um, and she doesn't talk about the fact that she's out here still getting grants at 72 years old. Just got a half million dollar grant to, to redevelop uh, parks in Northeast Detroit. And so when I think about folks like her, you don't hear Karen Washington, right? Well, people in the D do, call Detroit the D. Um, I'm Karen Washington's daughter. She just she just shared this. She said, uh, all growing up, I, uh, Corinda was Karen Washington's daughter. And she's like, I am finally glad that I can now say that I'm Corinda Washington's mom. <laughs> I'm like, no, 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 I'm still your daughter. Um, but it's it's that that's what Dashworthy is doing is that we are um, working with organizations like the Hustlers Guild. I'm a founding board member of that organization uh, within the, the first three months of one, helping them stand up their 501c3. But then in the first few months, having um, uh, the uh, Tim Cook, the CEO of Apple, stand up and declare way before it was the movement of supporting um, uh, social justice movements and all these things and partnering with organizations that service underrepresented families. We had you know, Tim Cook standing up on the stage saying that he was partnering with these organizations and there was the Hustlers Guild's um, logo behind him. Uh, since that time, being able to see all of these celebrities come to the table and say STEAM education is important and how do we Absolutely. reach 
love community and HBCU. So I've been able to navigate those spaces with Dashworthy and, and being able to solidify a lot of deals on that side. Um, but, but also a lot of the public speaking is pretty much our bread and butter is that people call, you know, call on me to come and speak um, and paid gigs, which is a beautiful thing. But <laughs> getting, getting to that place of really uh, directing corporate dollars into the communities that need it most and in ensuring that those corporations are held accountable for what they said that they were going to do. And that is not enough to, to be up on the stage with a logo behind you. But what is the long term impact that we're going to have to really see a change in most of our underrepresented uh, communities throughout the country? That is amazing. And the world. Soul is global. So, and the world. I'm going to put that on there. And the world. <laughs> the world, honey. Entire world. I love it. Uh, so, uh, we're coming close to our, our close. Um, I want to allow you an opportunity, each of you, um, to provide some parting words um, and encouragement um, for someone that is potentially, um, you know, aspiring to this space that you all operate and function in. Um, and, 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 uh, just, just some words of encouragement, um, and maybe some encouragement that you've received that you, that you've held on to. So we'll start with you, a mayor. Okay. Well, what I would say to anyone, this is honorable work. It is work that needs to be done. And it's the kind of work that makes a difference boots on the ground. You know, people are often concerned with, you know, with the president and, and everything that's happening in DC. But there is a huge need for people to be concerned right in the area where they live, because that's where your property tax dollars are going. The levies and issues that come up, um, the things that you want to support and believe in, those things are important. And, and having uh, a willingness to, to serve and to be able to offer you gifts and talents to the community is honorable work. So I would uh, encourage any young person, any older person to get involved and find out um, how you can be and use your gifts in the community. I am at that point where I've put in a lot of years. I'm proud to say I am 62 years old. And yes. at 62 years old, <laughs> I'm looking at, hey, I'm looking at uh, empowering more young people and getting behind people that are running for office and using my voice to say, you know, which is something that most elected officials, you know, they kind of hold back from. But I see some people coming on that are really doing phenomenal work and have tried at this thing more than once and maybe more than twice. But I know that if they kept coming back, there was something there. There was a passion there. And then we should not be afraid to uh, encourage people that sometimes have a little different thought than you, because everybody um, you don't necessarily make it when everybody has the same thought. You need to hear from other people. And, and that has been. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That has been a huge, huge uh, need within our community to just hear what other people are thinking and to be willing to allow that to be a part of our thought process when we make our decisions. So uh, great, great work in public service. And I would recommend it highly to anyone and especially Christians, because, you know, we tend to not want to do that. I'm a preacher's kid and I've got other preachers within my family. And I said, I became a mayor, but that's a preacher too. <laughs> it's the same kind of work. The parting words for us today. Be unapologetically you. Yes. 
bring your whole self to the situation. I I think back, I got all, all these colors on right now, but I think back to my first days at Homeland Security and I saw browns and grays and, and navy blues and black. And I thought, oh, I can't wear color around this place because, you know, they don't wear colors around here. And so what I did is I bought some new glasses and the outside of the glasses were a tortoise brown. And on the inside, they were a turqu turquoise color. And so every time I put on my glasses, I felt like I saw me. Mm -hmm. And I allowed this facade to be on the outside until one day. Now, our now secretary was the deputy secretary back then under Obama. And I staffed him for a trip in Buffalo, New York. I had a decision to make when I staffed him for this trip. Do I pack these hot pink and black uh, uh, animal print heels, or do I pack the nine West all black pumps and just call it a day? My mom said, "You are not wearing those hot pink uh, animal print shoes to staff the <laughs> secretary." No, you are not. I'm packing both. So that morning, I get up and I decide that I'm going to put on these hot pink and black <laughs> animal print heels. And what does the sec deputy secretary say when I walk through the room, in the room? How come I haven't seen those shoes on campus? <laughs> those are amazing. You should wear those on campus. From that moment on, I went out and bought some new glasses, this time purple tortoise, because now the real Corinda is going to show up every single time. And so my point is, is that here I was thinking that it wouldn't be accepted. Here I was thinking that the true Corinda couldn't shine. Mm -hmm. But when I allow myself to be me and free, mm -hmm. I can shine every single day. So I encourage every young person, any individual, like the mayor said, any individual. My dad is 75 years old and he's going to be that millionaire. You watch. Any day now. Um, whatever it is burning on the inside of you that you cannot shake. You wake up thinking about it. You can't sleep because you're thinking about it. You're daydreaming about it after day job that you can't stand anymore because you're thinking about this dream. Do that and watch the money chase you down. That's amazing. Thank you so much, both of you, for sharing so much wisdom. So many nuggets came out of today. I am so I'm better because of this conversation. And uh, prayerfully, those that are, have tuned in are the same. So I like that. I, lo I love everything that you both shared. And I'm so grateful to know you both. And thank you for the service um, to the millions of people that don't even know you, uh, that you serve every single day, the thousands and hundreds of folks in Trotwood uh, that you fight for every single day, Mayor. Keep at it. That's all I got to say for you both. Thank you for joining me on Queen Conversations. Um, I appreciate everything that, that you are and you do show up y'all and, and continue to be yourselves. Thank you so much. Thank you. Every time, every time, every single time, I'm so, so fortunate and blessed to have had this conversation. Join us in the month of June. We're going to keep it going. Um, if you don't know, and you have not followed uh, Mayor uh, Mary McDonald and what's happening in Trotwood, please do that. Follow her on social media. If you don't know Corinda, start to follow her. Go to uh, uh, Instagram, follow Dashworthy in some of the things she's doing. That is amazing for the community. I am all about giving back. If you're, if you're living for yourself, you're not living. Um, our living is all about serving others. So join us again on Queen Conversations. Oh.
Come on, ladies, let's join in. Join in my life.